Welcome to episode 101 of season 5 of the Black in Fashion podcast. So this is our first episode after episode 100. So I'm super excited. Don't forget we're hosting our live um, podcast. It's going to be in November and we're also doing a Black Ass Friday on Black Friday. So of course I can't start any podcast without acknowledging my amazing sponsors. This podcast is sponsored by the alumni group. They draw a crowd of sophisticated alumni from prominent HBCUs and PWIs who look toward uh, forward to unwinding after a trendless work week. Join the alumni group every Saturday and Sunday and turn all the way up with brunch, booze, and banging beans. You won't be disappointed. They also do group trips. They're going to Tulum in October and Jamaica in December. So follow them on Instagram at the alumni group. Today, I have a very special guest with me. I have Brittany Golden. She is a model. I want to call you supermodel. I'm saying supermodel Brittany Golden. I mean, Let's go. <laughs> you can go supermodel. So today we're going to learn a little bit about her, her journey in the fashion industry, a little bit about her background. So as I start every show, guys, I start with this or that. So I'm just going to throw out a couple things. It's like an icebreaker and you tell me which you prefer over the other. Okay. All right. Um, mules or wedges? You said mules? Or wedges. Uh, I do mules. Wedges, that's. It's giving Momo. <laughs> uh, skinny leg or flare leg? Definitely. Nah, flare, flare. Flare. Skinny is like, I'm over it. You over it? Yeah. Side boob or under boob? Definitely under boob. Definitely. Really? I usually get side boob. That's like a thing. Yeah. Okay, under boob. I'm literally always wearing something to show my little boobs. Okay, <laughs> so a brim or a beret? Beret. I wear a lot of berets. A lot of berets. Okay. So let's jump right in. Tell us a little bit about where you're from, um, where you grew up, and just a little bit about how you came to get into the fashion modeling world. Okay. So I am from Louisiana. Um, Are you Creole? No. Uh, I've got a little Native American. You know, we really don't know where we come from, <laughs> but I just know I'm from Louisiana. I got like Choctaw Indian in me. Um, I... Graduated in like 2012, moved to New Orleans, and then right after that I moved here. So I've been here like four or five years. Okay. Um, I at first I really wanted to be a singer, um, and I played the violin as well in school. Oh, nice. And now I'm like getting back into it. Um, I've been like making songs and taking my little violin lessons, and um, yeah, I originally wanted to sing, and then. I graduated, I went to college. I actually went to Southern University um, and I did like two years. Mm -hmm. I studied psychology and it was just not working for me. Like I was just basically there. I mean, I'm glad I met the people I met, but as far as educational wise, it was just like, everybody was trying to look cute. Just going to be cute. I'm glad I met the friends I met, but then I had to move on and then I came here and started life for myself. Gosh, and what was that transition like from like being in like Louisiana to moving to New York? Like, you know, like what the city where dreams come true, the concrete jungle? Was it a right. hard transition for you or was it kind of smooth? Um, It wasn't hard because I feel like it was like someplace I always should have been. Where I'm from is like really slow country shit. There's like <laughs> not much to do, but hang out, have babies, and Damn. do a nine to five. 
Like, it's really nothing much to do. I'm, like, the first one to graduate high school out of my immediate family. So that tells a little bit, like, it's just really nothing much to do there. So, I mean, I got here. Of course, it's a different transition, but it was easy for me because, mm-hmm. I mean, this is, like, what I wanted. It's, like, fast pace. It's always something to do. Only thing I don't like is these people. Like, <laughs> they be a little rude and short. And yeah. I'm from <laughs> Like, I be holding the door open for people. I be, like, saying good morning. They be looking like... That's New Yorkers. Who the fuck? Yeah, I had to deal with that when I yeah. right. I had to deal with that when I moved here too. Like they was rude as fuck, like all the time. Like I found the transition to be. I've been here um, going on nine years. It was like I feel like Where it was from? difficult. Chicago. Oh shit. Yeah, okay. I'm from Chicago, and it was like I feel like it was very difficult for me too. And like they're not polite, and I feel like the fashion industry is even more like it's like almost like who you know. So tell me about that. Like yeah. as you kind of transition to like your whole modeling career, was it like more of a like you gotta know someone to kind of get in or did you find that you was able to like really just hop in just based off of like your look and your skills so you had to know somebody you would think so um i mean they can't really see but i have a mullet at mm-hmm. first it was like a long hair pretty girl next door look okay. they said that was too too soft too pretty okay. so i mean i didn't cut my hair for them i um I tried to dye it twice in one day or bleach it twice in one day. This mm. lady said she could do it. Mm-hmm. And I trusted her because she was in the shop. Girl, when I got home, the shit was just falling out. Here? Oh, no, no, in Louisiana. Oh, okay. I was like. Then she don't ask the nurse back to help. So, girl. After she fucked it up, then she wanted to help you fix it. I'd be like, no, so you can't I'm ever like, touch my hair today. I'm going to do it on a pixie cut, but mm-hmm. I'm natural. So, it just wasn't working. I did a little K-pop mm-hmm. and then I just made it into a mullet. And I thought, you know, that. It's such a... Because literally everywhere I go, people mm-hmm. tell me how nice my hair is. Mm-hmm. And you would think with the industry that they would, like, jump at that. But mm-hmm. it's like now they're just hiring people with wig mullets. And they're telling me it's too edgy. They don't know... So you went from being, like, the girl next door and it's too safe yeah, to now you're, now you're too edgy. Just tell me you don't like my black ass. <laughs> <laughs> Like, because it doesn't make sense. What do you want me to do? Right. It's like, I mean, I kind of get it, though, because the models they do choose, I get why they choose some of these slim face, bland models. Mm -hmm. It's because they don't overshadow overshadow the clothes as far as me. I would put the clothes on. Mm -hmm. I mean, not to be cocky, but it is what it is. Like, I have the hair hair and the outfit. They don't want the girl. They just want to see the outfit. It's Mm -hmm. just like. Times is changing. Y'all got to get over it. It's like, where, what, what's up with all them black squares? Remember last year? Mm-hmm. Inclusivity? Yeah. They still choosing the same type of models. Gotcha. I mean, I'm getting somewhere. Mm-hmm. I'm, I guess I, I could be grateful, but I know I should be way further than what I am. I mean, and I guess it just takes a while because I look so different. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, it's not the typical look. How do you feel about like some of these um like these competitions? Like would you ever do like an America's Next Top model? Have you ever tried out for anything like that? Um, I think I tried when I was in like school. Mm-hmm. But I'm kinda glad I didn't because if you notice, you don't see none of those models that she um discovered or whatever. Like only Winnie Harlow, but Winnie don't even get yeah. that woman credit. Yeah, Eva and Yaya, they moved into out of modeling and like into like I feel like acting now. Like they don't, yeah, like stuff. they're in reality TV, they're in acting. They were on the same season. Doing cover girl. Mm-hmm. I don't see. You remember that's all she used to talk about. Yeah, mm-hmm. in the covers. No, not all of them. Most of the models I see is like um, younger mutuals and 
older 90s looking models but i don't see none of tyra models that's in the industry and sometimes they get weird with that like if they see you work with a bunch of different photographers you're really not too special to them no more it's like they don't want to hire models that was on no tv show you did all these shoots with tyra what i'm gonna do with you gotcha yeah i think it's like a curse Kinda, like I feel like in the in the designer world, they feel the same way about Project Runway. They like the like, girls used. Mm, I can't do nothing with her. They've mm. seen already. We already know how she. Tyra cut all the girls' hair off. <laughs> like you already changed them and stuff. So I mean, it's kind of like a little. It's a little fucked up thing, but they don't realize it in the beginning. They like mm. it's an opportunity. Like it's fire. It's Tyra. Gotcha. What would you say is like your your favorite? Is would you say that it's print or like runway? I. Hmm. I like print. You like print? Nobody. I mean, I know. I guess I never thought about it. Yeah. Um, which one you prefer? Because I feel like print. I was. I want to say actually, which one is harder? You feel like runway. Runway is harder. Yes, okay. girl. Because I mean, I'm really good at posing, but my walk is not the best. Okay. Um. It's you definitely got to practice at it. You can't just be walking like you walking down the street. I mean, unless you want to look crazy and not get booked <laughs> again. But that's something I definitely need to walk, uh, work on. Um. But I'm really good at posing. I could do that. So print is better for mm-hmm. you. Okay. But I'm like really trying to be the most versatile model in the industry. So I want to be able to do it all. Like print, runway, cover, mm-hmm. um, e-com, just like everything. I don't want it to just be one thing. Do you find that like, I feel like you have like the, the typical bottle built, like you're tall, you're slim. And do you find that the, that plastic surgery is taking over when it comes to certain like apparel brands and then now a lot of uh, designers are looking for a more curvy girl a lot of times they're not tall like you know you look at a lot of things that are online um, there's a lot of curvy plus size short like your unconventional models do you Mm -hmm. feel like there has been a shift in the market when it comes to your look definitely it's like it's more cloud over talent now (laughs) and cloud that goes with the surgeries and the followers and it's like some of these people don't even be models and it makes it harder for the real models because they just got a lot of followers because they got a ass <laughs> and a waist like but what what's after that it's like i hate how this world is now it's so much clout and fake shit and these people be proud i mean i guess be proud but damn what about people like me who's authentic and who really trying to get it now i gotta compete with somebody who's not even real Right, literally. true. <laughs> like you, literally, you're your mate. Like, and like, for me, and you it's trying to look like me. Right, right. I get that. I mean, but it's like, I feel like no matter what, it sounds cliche, but if you really real and you keep pushing, that shit gonna fade in a few years. It's a phase. Is every few years mm-hmm. after that plastic surgery is done, and the industry get back on there, like wanting these certain type of models again, because I feel like they just doing it because. A lot of people is sensitive right now, so they're they'll shame them like, oh, you don't, you don't want uh big people or you don't want this and this and that. Oh, now we in a very sensitive bad. culture right now. Yeah, like so everything's just sensitive. trying to cater to everybody, and it's mm-hmm. like I get that, but we had this look from I I love the world to change, but it's like what about the actual real models? Since y'all being inclusive now, we just. Yeah, but the real like, model look is not it. Do you feel anymore? like they trend now? Like it's like it kind of goes up and down because I mm-hmm. feel like there's times where you know a fucking designer will go to maybe 
like Africa and then they come back and they're like, oh, I got inspired and now I want to do all like this Kensei cloth and these yeah. tribal prints and all of this ethnic stuff. And then they get like really, really dark, like ethnic models. And then that'd be one season. But to me, it's just like, don't make my culture a trend. Mm -hmm. Don't make like, like a trend. You see there's a lot of designers now they're feeding in to like these, to the black consumer dollar. Right now. The black consumer dollar is a thing. Cause I, I've been seeing, did you see Balenciaga did a, a pant? with the draws made into it. So like the yes, sacks and then they doing like the sock and the flip. Like I seen a shoe the other and day. And I think Supreme got, you know how we used to wear them big gold ghetto belts? Uh-huh. Like the dudes used to wear mm -hmm. with the um the pants hang sagging like that. Like they really making stuff like that. And yeah. you remember the grandma slippers from the Chinese store? Yes. <laughs> I think Balenciaga tried to sell them too. Like you yep. can still go to the Chinese store at the beauty supply and get them. Yeah, but how do we as like like a group of a uh, a black a black just black culture and how do we I guess to me put a halt to that like we are buying into these things though a lot of people in the black culture are the highest consumers when it comes to like Balenciagas and Gucci and all these we need designers to beat them to it yeah like we gotta beat them to it we the only thing we we are literally buying it yeah cool it's like the Chinese lady got it at the beauty supply store but she selling it to her black ass so just like. <laughs> Just like they doing it, why can't we just be like, okay, let me take it now. Like, mm -hmm. it's ours anyway. I think that's, we just sitting around. I think we just need to beat them to it because they like, fuck it then. Yeah. Let me, let me monetize off of it because I know they're going to buy it because it's what they wear anyway. Exactly. And they got designer on it, so they really going to buy it. Yeah, but do you think about how that, I ain't going to say we are shunned, but I want to say that it's always someone that ends up, if we do do it, tries to overpower us like i.e dapper dan so he was taking the gucci you know prints and stuff mm -hmm. like that and he was making it on his own like so he was trying to beat them to the punch like let me take it and let me make the designs and stuff like that but then what do they do they go and they sue him for like copyright infringement and stuff like that take everything from that man and then they go and steal his design put it up on social media and then black twitter had to fuck them up in order for them to pay homage and then oh now they want to hire dapper dan mm -hmm. now, they, now he everywhere now they want to make him like an affiliate and stuff like that which like that happens all the time so even when we try to get ahead it's someone in some type of powerful place they end up bringing us back down i think we just need to like build our own shit i think we just need to go back to, to africa stop, yeah stop just trying to, <laughs> we're just trying to get a seat at the table i right. feel like instead of just being like fuck that let's just get our own shit if they right. don't want to accept us well but i mean i guess it's it's I like think hard though, but I think because we should. they still, these yeah. white people still up there. We still gotta go right. through them. I think it's we like can create, like you said, like create our own and do our own. But it's, I think, it's too many, too many people in the black culture who still seek certain brands for validation mm -hmm. because I'm all about it like let's create our own black industry let's create our own fashion industry like let's be about it for a few days and then because what they didn't they just have a some type of fashion show Dior or one of them brands that had a noose or Burberry something they yeah. had a noose as a necklace yeah we canceled them and everything and then they just threw a party and everybody was there all the black yeah. celebrities was there that happens all the time like same thing with Gucci Gucci did the black face um, yeah, on the shirt Gucci. and then Prada did the um little monkey thingies like from the menstrual show and they was canceled for a little bit and then they and just went they just you stay sick with Cardi B and whoever they little packages and say they sorry and now they at the party it's like We'll never get nowhere because all they got to do is say they sorry and give you something. Mm -hmm. This shit is like, it's really aggravating. <laughs> like, that is fucked up. Girl. Huh. 
Money talks. It does talk. So I have this segment. Um, white people's money talks. <laughs> white people's money talks. So I have a segment. Um, it's called It's a Success or It's a Disaster. Um, and It's a Success or Disaster is actually brought to you by our second sponsor, which is 620 Style. She is the queen of the flare plant and the sporty yet effortless clothing. Make sure you guys check her out at 620style.com. Now, so it's a success, it's a disaster. Basically, I want you to tell me about a time, like, within your fashion career <clears throat> where something went completely to hell, but then you learned something from the experience that made you adapt a new practice in the way that you do things. Hmm. I just know of a disaster. Yeah. Did you learn something from it, though? Did I? Um... It's basically like this shit was fucked up, but it taught me to move this way now. Hmm. Okay, I, I can flip this one. Okay. So <laughs> I had um a shoot I was supposed to do. I didn't even know who what it was, what it was gonna be. Mm-hmm. My agency just said Vogue Italia, and from my perspective, Vogue Italia is like something anybody can submit to. It's like you know, it's big, but it's not Vogue Vogue. I didn't know that, so I get in there. Um, I'm chilling for like an hour, and I see Bella Hadid hopping. It's just me and her. They like changing her hair and makeup and shit. And I'm texting my agent like, "So this Vogue Vogue?" And she was like, "Yes." <laughs> so I'm like, "Okay," because like with these agencies, they sometimes they send you on jobs and they don't even be knowing what's going on. So I'm like, "Okay, Bella Hadid is in here." This must be like something official, like mm-hmm. I'm about to have a cover or something. So I had my earphones in. I was just chilling in the back. I had a do rag on and everything. I'm really just be chilling uh, most of the time because walking in, it's like of course all these white people, the designers, the stylists, and everything. And I mean, I come in just on some nigga shit already. So I just try to just be <laughs> cool and ease my way in, you know. So she was like complimenting me, telling me I look nice, and I didn't hear I had my earphones in. I took them out, she was real sweet. I went back, I'm like, okay, they must be switching up her look because they gonna come get me next. So they left with her, and waiting another 30 minutes. You know who Bella Hadid is, right? Uh-uh. She's like one of the biggest models. I mean, I'm pretty sure you've seen her name. I mean, Google look, I seen her. I'm about to do that right now. So. She left. I'm thinking they're going to switch her hair and makeup, and I'm next. It's like 30, 30, 40 minutes, and one of the person, people that was in the front told me, like, hey, so it's Bella B. Hadid, H-I-D-E-I-D. And they was like, yo, I'm sorry. We still going to pay you for your time, but. Her? Yeah. Okay. We still going to pay you for your time, but we ran past time with Bella. Hmm. So I'm on my hard drive. I'm like, what? Cause like, what this could have been? How long was like, you there? Like a good hour and thirty minutes. Gotcha. But she's me, white. Mhm. But to me, mm-hmm. it's like, how y'all run time, run off time with Bella? Like it's Bella. She can't shoot that quick. Right. But I don't know. I mean, I wouldn't wouldn't say it was a lesson, but it was more so on some like, if I got in that room that easily. I can easily get back right back in it and maybe it'll be for a bigger opportunity, a bigger spread. Cause who knows what that could have been. So just imagine, I mean, it was that easy for that time. Um, just to remain optimistic and 
when people walk in the room speak. <laughs> so I'm trying to act cool and nervous. Gotcha. So what would you say like would be your favorite out of all the shoots that you've done? What was your favorite experience? Since this one wasn't the best, what was the your, the experience? I guess that you feel like that you held near and dear to your heart that was like really really great for you. Oh, I did Mason Valentino. Nice. And <clears throat> it was like maybe three or four other models, but they've done like a lot of different shit. They've been, you know, working with bigger brands. It's like my first big brand I ever worked with. Um, and the photographer just like kept telling me how excited he was to work with me and how the other girls, like he was making me a little nervous. I mean, not nervous, but shy because he kept telling me how, you know, these other girls are like, you know, their book is way bigger than mine. They've been doing shit and I'm giving more than them. So that was a really good experience. And it was Mesa Valentino. So I'm like, I'm going to shoot with him again. It's like when you go on set, you have a good attitude, good personality, and being friendly. Then people notice that. Like, mm. you can't be walking in there trying to be a bitch like you've been doing this because nobody want to work with you. Gotcha. Would you say that it is um, that you can really get jobs like on your own or do you have to be signed to an agency like I know that there are a lot of independent models out there that kind of like self-promote and stuff like that do you feel like it's harder to do it that way and that you should seek an agency um as far as pay that's the only reason why I sought out an agency and it's like more of a backing people respect you more type but now literally right now it's like I see castings all the time and they say unsigned talent only it's like this industry is so ass backwards and crackhead. Because they don't want to pay for you and have to pay the agency because they have to pay both, right? Right. And I think it is like they maybe think that since the girls are with the agency that they're already getting these jobs, okay. which is not the case at all. It's just like, it's weird. Um, but right now, people are like, you can get a lot of jobs being freelance. You just might not get as paid. You might not get paid as much as a... um agency signed model that's oh. the only difference really I know a lot of unsigned models that's my mutuals who make some um good shoots and have some good um editorials and stuff they just not signed would you say that um well tell me this like when it comes to like being like an agency like model are you having to go to the door and like pay them to like be an agent or do they just take you based off of your look if they want you or not and then they get a cut off the top like from the bookings is that how that works yeah so if you have to pay anybody, it's really a scam. Um, you shouldn't have to pay for anything. Of course, when you have like a test shoot, you will never pay your agency. You will get a paid gig, and they would take whatever portion off of that. But gotcha. you would never have to pay them out of pocket. Um, they always take like 20% um, from whatever gig you get. And as like you can also still give people your price not even being signed i get i get work outside of them mm -hmm. cuz they don't always keep me busy so you know people reach out and i tell them a price um so i still get paid without being with the agency it just depends on who the people are cuz sometimes they be like oh i can go through your agency and then that will be making it, it'll make it complicated and they might say no it's like you can still have your um freedom with being creative too you don't have to shut it out just because you signed gotcha have you ever had that um 
I guess like that, like ever any awkward situations where people talked about like your weight or your look or something like that that ever made you feel like this, like in a discomfort? Hmm. No. No? No. Well, that's good. Right. <laughs> and then even if they did, I'm like literally the most confident person that I know. Um, but I've never, nobody ever made me feel uncomfortable or, I mean, I may get like nobody talking to me, but I know that's just because people just got to ease themselves up. I know how people, like, at first people used to think I was like mean or rude, but it's like when I walk into the room, you I get the angry black you. girl stigma. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's just like maybe I don't want to just talk to you yet. Let me let me hear what you got to say first. I don't like pointless conversations. Mm -hmm. So if I walk in the room like with that shoe with Bella, I just walk in the room and mind my business. Like it gotta be interesting for me to want to engage. Gotcha. I saw an Instagram post the other day and a girl was talking about how people take her silence as being rude or negative and stuff like that. Like I don't, I'm not obligated to speak to you. I'm not right. obligated to do anything but come in here and like do my job. Right. So do you people like, be entitled? Yeah, super entitled. Do you have you been in a lot of rooms where you were the only black girl? Mm, yeah, maybe a few times. Mm -hmm. It's kind of uh, common with this um, industry shit. Like they will make it as like, oh, we got one black girl or one different black girl, you know. And they, you know, I just notice it. It's really annoying. But what do you do when you're in the room? Show up and show out. Period. <laughs> It's show up and show out. That's the best thing to do when you're in a room like that. What advice can you give, like, girls that are interested in modeling and in the fashion design world as far as, like, getting their foot, like, through the door? Um, definitely post a lot. Like, post your outfit pictures at first. I would, like, tag, um, like, if I had on Nike shoes, I would tag them. Like, if I bought a brand of anything, I would tag them. Um... And how I found my agency now, I just be sliding in DMs. Like, I reach out to people. I'm not afraid to get a yes or a no. Because I feel like if you say no, then you really just hating. Because, mm -hmm. I mean, you know. But I get I'm not for everybody. Mm -hmm. So, I take that no and just go to the next one. Like, I mean, like, everybody can't say no. Right. And if that's the case, you just don't give up. Don't I mean, people be feeling so discouraged now because they be wanting shit to happen quick. Like... That's not how it works. You can't just, like, five people told you no, and now you think you don't, you're not supposed to be a model and it's not for you. Like, you know, some people, if you ever read the book The Alchemist, like, people go through stuff where they wait years and they, you know, sometimes people don't stop, but you can't get discouraged because it could take 50 years. I mean, that's OD. Yeah. Like, <laughs> oh, shit. I'm that's like, a little 50 OD. years? Yeah, maybe we should switch the career at this point. Right. In 50 years, it might be time to think, reconsider another change. Yeah, just go ahead and give it up. Gotcha. But, so, I mean, this industry is changing, and it's literally, like, tall is cute now, but they're hiring short models. They're hiring models with tattoos, like, bald head models, like, models that's crippled. Like, everything is inclusive now. Exclusive. What um what other I guess um career fields have you considered like as far as like like long term for you like you're gonna just stick with the modeling thing because I noticed that I see like a lot of models they go into <clears throat> acting or they go into hosting and they do like all of these other different things um outside of just modeling is there anything in particular that interests you that you feel like you're gonna fall into um my music for sure um 
because I wanted to do that originally. I'm just trying to like find my sound, but I don't think I have one. I like, I got a pretty wide range. Um, my violin, I did want to go back to school and finish for psychology, but I, I don't see myself um, stopping being a model and just being a psychologist. Mm-hmm. Um, I would just like want a bunch of shit on my belt, like just in case. Gotcha. But I guess I don't even like to have that mindset of just in case, because that's putting something in the air. But I just want shit on my belt. Gotcha. I'm curious, what's the average rate of a model? Like, what if it's like, um, let's say print? What's your average hourly rate? Because hmm. it really depends, um, like how seasoned the model is, like how long. I know for me, print. I'm trying to think of an inlet, an email. <laughs> Do you book things outside of your agency? Yes. So, okay. I mean, then that's where I would come up with the price. Um, say roughly a full day mm-hmm. is like $1,200. That's like 8 to 10 hours. 8 to 10 hours, okay. Um, yeah, $1,200, but my agency will take 20% off. All right, and then you'll be able to keep it off. Mm-hmm. Have you ever done fit modeling? Yes, uh-huh. I did that for Nike. Um, I didn't even know what it was until I did it. Gotcha. And I'm thinking I'm in the shoot. I mean, and I ended up being it. in it. They uh-huh. said, they was like, oh, my God, you know, we never hire fit models and actually want to shoot with them. Mm-hmm. So I actually did the campaign. But I didn't know that was a thing. You just go and try on the clothes that they're going to put on the other models. Yeah. And that was fire. It was a good, it was like $500. Yeah. Just for a couple of hours to try on clothes. Yeah. Um. For, in my company, we uh, we pay models $100 an hour to do that. Mm. Yeah. We do the same thing because we do like product development and stuff like that. So we do fittings literally like three or four a week. Oh, And yeah. that's what we do here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was, I was like, but we always like, we don't hire like a poor like professional models mm-hmm. or anything like that. Like we just like, all right, cool. Like we just gonna pay somebody $100 to stand for an hour. Cause they usually don't go over an hour for us. Yeah. Like we could do it in an hour. Pay him a hundred dollars, like boom, boom. And yeah, it was, at least you even doing that. Yeah, I don't even take an hour, honestly. It'd be taking like 30, 45 minutes, and mm-hmm. then they can like go on their way. And we just, but as a model, do you ever feel like that a designer is kind of depend on you for feedback on like comfort and balance and proportion and like and how important as it, how important is it as a model to understand um, the way a garment is supposed to feel in your body so that you can offer up that feedback? Girl, they really be wanting you to shut your ass up. Really? Just be quiet, stand there. Let me put this on you, and that be my problem because I'm always you talk. Ugh. I'm always trying to help. I'm I'm fixing it for them and. I mean, they don't ever say nothing. They appreciate it. But I know I'm like, girl, let these people do their job. But most of the time, they just want you to literally stand there. Like, you're not paid to talk. You're paid to stand there. I don't need your opinion. Like, of course, sometimes I be feeling some type of way about my makeup. Mm -hmm. But, I mean, I I voice it a little bit. But most of the time, they're like, I mean, this is what we want you to wear. This is what we want you to look like. Mm -hmm. We ain't paying you to decide because, I mean, that's what we got a stylist for. Right. I would love to, but... Yeah. When I was uh, in college, I had started an organization that was called FEMO, Fashion Elite Modeling Organization. And we put like on a couple of different shows a year or whatever. And I remember having some designers come in 
and they were very rude to the models um and they were telling them like and i think the models was giving feedback and stuff like that and they were telling the models like models walk they don't talk and i was just like don't speak to them like that because at the end of the day you're still you're still a human being like you're a person you're a person so i just thought it was very rude i'm just like i wonder if that's something that they deal with like constantly like if it's always something like anytime you do try to like voice your opinion say anything Mm -hmm. are you being shut down I mean, I feel like my energy is so big and I'm so aggressive. And the way I come off, I mean, they don't, they would never, nobody's ever told me, you know, like, shut up or, you know, mind your business, blah, blah, blah. They'll say some little passive aggressive or, oh, you don't like that type shit, but (laughs) they'll never be rude. I don't even give that energy off that you can be rude to me. That's what I'm grateful for. Like, Mm -hmm. I notice, like, some girls, how they come out, because some of them be really timid and shy, and some of them be ditzy as hell. So the people feel like they can talk to them any kind of way or run over them, but that has never happened to me, thank God. I'm not saying it won't, because, I mean, this is only the beginning of how far I know I'm going to go. But I know in these European fashion houses and up, up high fashion, that's how they be. Gotcha. Would you say that... um throughout your process you've ever like second guessed what you were doing or like mm-hmm. ever felt like you know having to go back to the drum board like take any type of breaks in between yep i'm always like in the beginning um i'll actually this is my second agency i was dropped for my first one um because they just they just so actually i had two agencies yeah this is the third one first one dropped me because I was just like being too opinionated to them Mm -hmm. they told me they had a vision for me and I was going to be doing all this different shit but when it came down to it I wasn't doing nothing and the shoes they had me on was like so mediocre I would never post anything but it's like (laughs) I would never post none of that shit and I'm like this is not what y'all told me we was going to be on Mm -hmm. and I trusted the vision because I already seen what type of work y'all could do it just didn't, didn't add up. And I was just, like, asking a bunch of questions. And they was like, um, we like you. We got a lot of faith in you. But we basically tired of you asking all these questions. So they just let me go. Um, just because you had an opinion. Yeah. And I get, like, that's how some of them are. They don't want you to talk. Like, they just want you to sit there and trust them. But I'm a grown-ass woman. I can't just trust nobody. What are we doing? What's the plan? Who are you sending my shit out to? Who are your clients? And another thing with these girls should know, like, you should do research on the agency before you sign with them because maybe they have a certain type of look. Like, my agency, they have a lot of different looking girls like me. If I try to sign to an agency that's like a boutique agency, it just wouldn't work out because they don't have those certain clients. Like, you actually got to do homework and research. You can't just be... I mean, I'm learning this now, but mm-hmm. it's actually like a process. Gotcha. Can't just go in as you go through the process. So I have one more segment um, before we wrap up. It's called um, It's a Muse. So is there anything that you want to share that inspires you, keeps you motivated? Um, It could be an affirmation, a mantra, a book, a podcast, anything that really helps you kind of like push through when it comes to your field. Hmm. Or just your day to day. It don't have to be like within fashion, just like something that really keeps you going. Yes, for the report thank you. Oh, I need you, my friend. No, I'm good. Okay. Um, I hate like when you ask me these questions. It's like 
I know I'm talking about me, but this is literally how I feel. So the motivation literally is me. Mm-hmm. Me knowing like I, if, if I fail right now, I don't have nothing to go back to. Like I motivate myself. I make myself get up and do my affirmations in the morning. Like I pick myself up a lot because, I mean, I was like a lonely as hell when I first got here. Mm-hmm. Um, and this year is a year I'm like actually finding solid friends so the first three or four years year five yes same and it's crazy i didn't find i didn't find friends or really feel anything here until year five yeah same i had been here for two or three years before i really felt like i was really part of a yeah absolutely me to parties and you know i'm like okay this is what i wanted but you know it's just like a process and especially out here it's just different um so i just like told myself girl you got to get out the house like you don't got to have somebody go with you all the time. Go mm-hmm. to this bar. Go to this event. That's how you meet people. Mm-hmm. And now they're like, you, you go out by yourself by a lot? Yourself? I mean, not anymore since I got friends, but at first I did. Yeah, I kind of still do when I want to get away. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, I love hanging out with myself, girl. I would be rushing home just to go chill and smoke and watch Netflix. <laughs> like, I'm addicted to my own company. Right. That's so, yeah. I mean, and that's why I mean, I want to write a book, too, just to show people, like, it's lonely, but it's possible. Yeah. Like, you find a validation in other people because you're lonely and want to hang out with other people. That's not going to do nothing but just have you more empty because when they go away, mm-hmm. now you're really lonely and you're like, damn, what am I going to do today? Especially with New York people because they be fake as hell anyway. <laughs> so, girl, these you don't go through emotions. Girl, these people <laughs> make you feel like y'all best friends. Yes. They drop you, like, get your energy. They make you feel like, oh, my God, you're... And then the next week is like, yeah, take it off. <laughs> Girl, I've never experienced no shit like this in my life. In yeah, it's different. If yeah, we don't fuck with you. We just not finna fuck with you. They right. literally will f- not fuck with you in real life, but fuck with you at the parties or the yeah. clubs or Instagram or social media. Yes, it's insane to me. I be like, y'all. That's why people who don't have no real friends, like they only have like they going out I'm friends. They don't have no shit. real fucking friendships here. I noticed that for sure. Like I've never. I'm just. I'm still can't be used to it. Something like that kind of recently happened to me. Like. I was really, really close friends with this girl, and then it just changed. <laughs> like, I was like, what the fuck? Okay. Was she from Brooklyn? Mm-mm. Was she from um, Bronx? She's from this area. Oh, uh, okay. This is Brooklyn? What borough do you New live Orleans. in? Um, I live I live in Crown Heights. In Crown Heights? But oh, you live in Farfrey. Yeah, I was in Harlem, and I just moved here like a few I months ago. I was in Harlem, so then I moved. I just moved. Well, I moved back to Brooklyn last year. I lived year, yeah. so many places. I was in Harlem, Bronx. I lived in... Um, <laughs> um, Financial district. I live in. I lived in. In five years. Harlem. Yes. Yeah, in five. I went from Brooklyn to Long Island to Harlem to the Bronx to back to Brooklyn. Yeah, it's, it's a struggle. Like, it's funny. I just want to stay still because it's yeah. like expensive to mm-hmm. move, and I'm by myself. Right. No man. So I gotta pay a fucking move. Task company. rabbit. <laughs> Girl, it's too much. Yeah, so. no, nah, I feel you. Been I mean, there, done there. Yeah, it's but it makes you stronger, right? Like exactly. every experience that you go through makes you stronger. Um, and then even like, I think that moving away from your hometown in your twenties, it really is like a life hack. Like mm-hmm. you really, really open yourself up to all these different things, especially when you come from some places like I call it maybe super segregated. Because in Chicago, even though there's other races, like the black people stay with the black people. Like yep. white people stay with the white people. Whereas here, it's like so cultured and so many different type of people. You get to see so many different type of things. So even though 
it's like a love-hate relationship. Like, I can't stand some of these fake-ass people, but I love it. Yeah. I love all the, the culture and the different pot. things. So, yeah, it's a melting pot. Like, it's like, it's a love-hate relationship that I have, but I wouldn't change any experiences for the world. Yeah. Yeah. Same. I'm just like... I'm a nomad, so I want to move somewhere else next. It's like a lot of people feel like when they get to New York, it's like, it's the end all be all. I made, I made it. Girl, you know how many states and countries there is? <laughs> right. This is where you get your little start and move on. Like, And I got to tell myself that because at first, I'm just thinking small. I thought I was thinking big, but New York is not it. Like, right. They appreciate black models in Milan, mm-hmm. Europe. A lot of people tell me they see me in Korea because of my hair. Like, Nice. It's up. It's New York up. ain't it. And I don't want to be freezing my ass off all the time. Facts. <laughs> Facts. Shit. All right, you want to, like, just throw out all, like, your social media handles or, like, how to oh, get yeah, in contact with you. right here? Yeah, you, yep, right into the camera. <laughs> okay, so it's Brittany Tyra Golden, B-R-I-T-T-A-N-Y, Tyra Golden. Um, Stay tuned for some new music. For you seeing me play my violin, I'm featured on a couple songs. I look good. I be dressing fly. You might want to follow me. Like that. (laughs) (laughs) And as I always say, guys, stay black. Peace out.